minds expand beyond their horizons. So Sandy, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, ST. I appreciate it. No, so it is very interesting that what you're building right now is like you're trying to help out kids and develop themselves beyond what they're developing develop themselves beyond their potential, I would say. Yeah, or or developing what's already inside of them, right? And bringing it out um, at a young age, because when you do that and then they, it becomes part of who they are, right? And then it just sticks with them into adulthood. So everyone's got that inside of them. And so you've, you've just, you said you've written like several children's books and like you've, uh, tell me about like what is like that, what what, what is like, so what what it is like. To write a book? Yeah. Um, it's very uh, long process. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but, um, and you really have to enjoy writing, which I do. So I started out in 2011. Um, I've always wanted to write a children's book, but I wanted to, um, you know, I was just busy when my children were little and finally when they grew up, I had still wanted to write it. So you have to kind of get in mind what you want to write about. And I wanted mine to teach goodness to young children. So that's how I came up. I just kept throwing the word good around. and That's how I came up with the Good Eggs um, series. So it's a series of three. And I have, um, you know, that's broken down into chapters. So they're chapter books. And are we, we are video, right? I can show you these. Yeah, we're video, but also it's going to come out in audio as well. Okay. Well, they're um, a series of three books and they have 12 chapters and each one is broken down by a month of the year. So it starts in September when they go back to school and then the next month will be October, November. And each month will highlight in book one a different virtue. So for example... Um, they go back to school in September and they learn about understanding. So a little situation occurs and they're all children's situations that little kids can relate to. So when something will occur in their own lives, they could think back on the good eggs. How did they handle that situation and try to resolve it that way? But it's it's a long process. It took me two years to write the first book and to get it out and published. Yeah. And then after that, books two and three, I was just kind of on a roll. Those came out in one year after that. So the funny thing is, I'm in the process of writing a book myself, and it's t it took me several, it took me a year just to really plan out, like plan the idea out, because I have to go, I had to go out and get the ins the proper inspiration to be able to design the space of what my book is about, and it's kind of like how you're doing it with uh, with these uh, with these children's book children's books, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it takes a while. Like I had to plan it out um, exactly what did I want to teach? What did I want them to learn? Um, how did I want to format it? And I decided to do it like a school year. Um, and that's how I did it from September. And then they also go through the summer to August. So it's 12 months. Um, each book has the month, the years uh, scheduled in it. So the second book though, um, they win a recycling contest in book one and in book two the united nations recognizes them for that and sends them on a trip around the world so they go and they go to 10 countries and they learn all about diversity from people all around the world and so that's really cool that's a, that was fun i had to do a lot of research in that book um just looking up customs and language and ways of doing things in other parts of the world so that was really interesting and so now that we are building the Good Egg Foundation, like what is the, uh, like what type of support do you really offer with the Good Egg Foundation? 
So what I offer is I do what I call eggings, okay, once a month, since my books are based once a month each chapter. Once a month, I will seek out either a family or sometimes I get emails, people that need help, or um, an organization that helps kids in need. And I say, you've been egged, and I get them what they need, you know, up to a certain amount. Right now, it's a little smaller. We're more hoping to grow as time goes on. So, for example, um, there's a man here who builds beds for kids coming out of homelessness, and he needed some bedding for that. So I went and got a whole bunch of those bed-in-a-bags, you know, with the comforter and the sheets, and got pillows and blankets, and I brought them all to him. I said, here, you've been egged. So I got him all that. I've done um, diaper drives for people. I've done summer camps for kids. Oh, summer camps. Those are fun. <laughs> they always need like snacks and water and stuff like that. So we've done a lot of that. Um, I've helped with a math tutoring program uh, for kids. So there's all kinds. It's different each month, which is what I like because I'm meeting so many awesome people that are helping children. Um, I started a little lending library for kids. What does it lend? Like, what, what does it normally do at a lending library? So, a lending library, it's like a. It depends. They're all different, but normally they're like a wooden box type, and there's all different books in there, and kids can come. Sometimes they're in a school. Sometimes they're like outside in a library. Sometimes they're at park. And yeah. You can just come and get a book out. There's adult ones as well, and you read it, and you will go and bring. Oh yeah. It. I think I remember this. It, it's it's kind of similar to one of my or what I call those Dropbox kind of yeah. structures where you know it's like there's one in my old neighborhood back in California. Like there were like we had some several kids who live in the neighborhood. They what they did was they donated some of their books to that to that library. Yeah. It was like up to that lending library in the middle of the neighborhood. That Dropbox where I just can walk. I just walk by every time I, I walked by back then and just saw like oh. There's some several there are several books out there I could just get for uh, for myself. Right. And then the hope is then you bring them back, right? Or you bring back one that you're done with. Um, it's it's, you know, completely on our system where people just read one and you know, you don't have to go and buy all these books, right? You can just lend them. So I think cool concept. So okay, so that's that's an that's very interesting, very fascinating. But I just want to get to know more about Sandy herself. Like, what made you really become the person you are? Like, what what was your overall background? So I grew up um, in you know St. Clair Shores, which is a city outside of Detroit, Michigan, and you know typical growing up neighborhood childhood. But I always um, I just loved when I was in school to write stories our teacher gave us an assignment with spelling words and she'd say you write create a story with spelling words so i used to love that and so i always loved to write stories and i knew it was something i wanted to do as i got older so that feeling actually never left me and i always feel like um i was always in tune with other people's needs as well um i always remember my mom you know you get things in the mail like to send to um, March of Dimes or you know American Cancer Society you get these charitable things in the mail my mom would always write a check for every single one and she would say I'm just really thankful that you know my kids are healthy and we're doing okay so she would always do that so I think I kind of saw that it was modeled for me so I kind of feel like I feel very grateful for being everything I have so I want to give back as well and I, I like to focus it on children 
so that we can start with that youngest generation and that they can get that idea of going outside of themselves or developing what's in them to help others. It's, it's kind of like the charitable mindset. Yeah, you know, it's just putting goodness and kindness and just being a good person all the way around uh, would really, I think, calm down our world. <laughs> you know, if it can become part of their personality and who they are, that's great because it only only does positive things in our world. And so you held a master's degree from the University of Detroit and you also taught morality, ethics, and social justice courses at a private high school in Michigan. What was what was that experience? I still am. So I'm still a full-time high school teacher. So um, I kind of feel like I have two full-time jobs right now. I teach and then I also run the Good Eggs. So <laughs> quite a bit, but I love all of it. So um, I teach at a private school right now, an all-girls school, and it's wonderful. It's great. So the students are great. And, you know, I can teach, uh, I'm in the theology department and I teach a uh, world religions course. I teach uh, moral theology courses. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun. So it's like you're combining like, like the, pro the practices, I won't say the practice, but the, uh, what do you call the spirituality with the charity into one in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So it's kind of one big picture, right? All, all the aspects of my life kind of all fit together. And so what is your, like what is like? So you, how do you manage to really balance, you know, doing this and running the foundation, and why? Why it's it's a lot. Sometimes I get very overwhelmed. Um, so I'll do you know teaching by day, and then I come home at night and I work on the good eggs, and then on weekends I work on the good eggs. And then you're so, and you said your kids have moved out of the house, right? Yeah, my kids are grown. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So my husband now. Yeah. So. Um, it's, it's a lot of work, but I wouldn't change it because I love doing it and I couldn't, it's in my heart, so I know I couldn't stop doing it. Um, in fact, I just got book one made into 12 animated videos and now there's a video series for book one, so. Well, you, you designed it or someone else did? Uh, I got an animator. I wrote all the scripts, yeah. but an animator did all the characters. So they just got picked up too by the Michigan Learning Channel which is uh, an affiliate of PBS, so. Okay, that's, yeah, PBS is like, that was my childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm trying to get book two into animation now, so I'm gonna start looking for grants uh, to provide for that. Cause it's, it's expensive animation, but. It's I think life is pretty much expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, got that right. <laughs> No, just even just living in other I've, i think my dad once told me that everything costs money except the air you breathe <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah so every with everything going up and up and up like okay at least i can still breathe <laughs> right right you woke up today right that's a plus <laughs> <laughs> i still made it alive tonight for the to be able to do this podcast but anyway yeah but but let's just say now with the Good Egg Foundation, like in terms of building the Good Egg Foundation, what is the overall big vision, big picture of what you're doing? So with the Good Eggs, um, I would love to see it grow larger and larger and larger. Um, I have a lot of visions with my children's books because the proceeds from the children's books goes into the Good Eggs Foundation, the net proceeds. So the more books I sell, the more uh, the foundation gets funded. So that's one thing I want to really beef up the books and get them out there to the wider world so that, um, you know, more funds go into the foundation. And then I can do even bigger achings. I would love to do um, playgrounds, 
like in schools that really couldn't afford to put in like a nice playground. I'd love to do scholarships for kids. Um, there's so many things I would love to do um, with more funding. So I have a big vision there. I even have a vision of seeing the eggs on live theater shows, the live yeah. stage. So it's it's like it's, it's like the the eggs have to be the point of reference for everything, yes. right? Yes, they are lovable characters. You would love them. You would so love it's, them. it's it's like you're trying to do. Is I mean, there could be stage perform. Like you currently live in Detroit, Michigan, right? Like outside, of, like inside a city or outside? I'm outside the city. I'm in a okay. suburb. Okay, if you're a suburb, then there's always those town centers, like so small those suburban right. centers where you can have these performances. Yeah. Where? For sure. So that that's all on my radar. And, yeah. so, and so why do you feel right now building this foundation is so necessary for the people, let's say for the people in Michigan around the world? I just feel it's universal to all people that you know the more you you grow up and learn about people and places and things that people just all want the same thing really that we're really more similar than we are not and I think people tend to look at division rather than cohesion so I think we need to really look at what we have in common because that's what makes us connected and I think that if kids learn that at a young age, they're the builders of tomorrow, right? They're going to create our societies for tomorrow. So if they can have that in mind, not to look at other people with judgment, you know, or suspicion, to really open your mind and look at different viewpoints and perspectives, it can really, you know, settle some stress in our world. Um, and I think starting with kids is where to go because oftentimes adults, you know, they don't get it sometimes. They're just kind of stuck in their ways. I mean, so they they live it. They live in a world back. I mean, if you notice, like the world has changed drastically since yeah. let's, since they were since they grew up. So they kind of are, have not adopted to the change yet. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's understandable. It's people change slowly, but I think starting with young ones, that we can um, help them see a bigger picture, and help them have a broader mind. So that that stays with them when they're the ones creating policy and you know creating relationships with others. So what are what is it? How are you doing that in a way where it encourages the kids to really you know go beyond their beyond what they're where they are? Well, the lessons that are learned in the books really emulate that on a child's level. Um, there's a character here. His name is Benedict, and he's um, kind of the troubled egg. And so his friends help him get through things. He gets angry a lot. He gets um, runs away from situations a lot. And they they really use their um, just their kid like tactics to try to see where he's coming from. And they end up really helping him at the end of the book. Um, he really learns and he grows. So um, just by helping them realize these lessons, I've had parents write to me. I've had teachers write to me saying that. Wow, my son said, hey, mom, that was just like the good eggs, what they did when they fed the homeless people or, you know, like something, whatever the case was, I had that um, put into action. I even had a fifth grade class do all of the um, service that's in book three. They collected um, pet supplies for an animal shelter. They collected um, food supplies for a, a, a food bank. They put together 
welcome baskets for the elderly in their community. So that's exactly what I wanted for kids to, that's why I did the foundation because I put the books into action and then I want kids to put it into action. Got it. So, and so this is more about like, you're just teaching the kids. Kids will just use that to be able to build what they're, yeah. what build their own kind of vision, what they're doing. Yeah, put, put goodness into the world, put kindness into the world, put compassion into the world. And so, so what is it like, what is like the criteria to basically select a program or organization or family to get? Um, it, children. So it's, it's gotta be serving children is really my only criteria. Um, so like with the bedding with the kids, um, I've done, um, trying to think I've done so many, um, the ones I told you, right. Anything that has to do with kids, um, I'm there. So. I did um, this one family, they were getting a new start in life, and I decorated her, the kids' bedrooms. They, they never had a bedroom before. The one boy, he loved video games, so I did, you know, I got the comforter that was all video game themed, and I got decals for his walls, and the girl wanted hearts for her rooms, and I get a whole heart comforter and heart decals. This, this is a family in which, like, they were like a poor family, or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were living in a shelter, and then they got into some, um, like an apartment type of situation. Like it wasn't, it was like a subsidy. And then they finally were able to get a house through an organization here called Habitat for Humanity. Oh yeah, I used to. It's a large, it's a large organization. I used to help, I think I used to help them, help one of those organizations, like a similar organization back in Appalachia. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want I, where we they where they had to do was remodel and redesign the house so that um, the people could go and at least make it because you know it's very it's a very deprived like what do you call it deprived community or de like a huge de there's large deprivational depri areas of deprivation and concerning the fact that you know it's not a very stable environment with mudslides happening every time so we kind of had to go out there and build out a you know build out a wall to be able to protect the house from from mudslides oh, wow okay i think i remember that that is one project that i remember doing back in when i was back at, in, as a college student during spring break <laughs> awesome see that's awesome you did that um so yeah so th that's what this habitat was doing was helping them she the the mom she was a single mom with three kids and she um actually got a nice promotion at her job and she was finally able to afford like a house payment so she um got the kids all situated and i decorated their rooms so that that was really they were so happy and excited because i don't know if they've ever really had their own bedroom you know to call their own so things yeah. like make them feel valued make them feel loved yeah and also why do you feel like your organization is like the key for a lot of a lot of kids to be able to get themselves off of them uh you know get to get them more compassionate about the world because you know there's plenty of organizations out plenty. there there's... yeah i mean i don't know if mine's key but it's part of the part of the wheel right yeah. it, everyone who has a spoke in the wheel hopefully that that's all a positive spoke and that we can all put our goodness in there together and create that positive spin so it's kind of like what you're trying to you know one thing about charity the good thing about charities is that you're not competing with against them no. right no no, no no it's it's well they got the compared to let's say if you're in the business world where you have to compete yeah. against other people to be able to be successful yeah. here you all you have to do i mean all you have to do is just basically collaborate and 
work together and and so it's what you're trying to do is just make it more like as one entity out of one entity combined with mil other millions of entities out there yeah it's it's supportive so you know everyone's got their like i would gear toward children's things um other people might gear toward um you know maybe getting um geds for adults who didn't graduate high school i mean there's all man so many different causes so i would gear toward um children and basic education and basic needs for them to feel comfortable so that's where I would gear toward. But yeah, it's just supporting one another and reaching out and seeing where I could help. And so I'm just wondering, um, in your in your mind, why is it that even with a lot of organizations out there helping out kids, helping out a lot of people, why is it? Why is there still hatred? Why is there like badness coming out to you? What do you think coming out? See, I don't know. I think I think sometimes people get indoctrinated into ideologies that, I don't know, they just don't make sense. I think greed, sometimes people get caught up in greed or selfishness and they can't break through that. Um, I I don't know, I mean, everyone would have to answer for themselves, I guess, <laughs> why they do things. I mean, but, would you ever, would you ever feel like they could be a world if you were, if, where everybody is good? <laughs> that'd be nice. I mean, I think everybody can be good, right? Um, it's just that we get so wrapped up in materialism a lot of times, I think, that we cover it up and we don't see the real needs of others. And then we get judgmental. So um, if we could learn to get past that, which is huge hurdles, that's why I start with kids to start when they're young. And so, I mean, usually because there are always examples of kids out there who who were taught to be good, but then as adults, they become kind of resentful. Like there is always that stage in life. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone's story's different. You know, it depends on your upbringing, depends on your environment, depends on what you've gone through. You know, people who have endured um, terrible abuses, right? They they can get angry. They can act out. And a lot of times that that's what happens. Um, sometimes mental health, comes into play in some of these situations. So it's important to get help there. Um, just there's so many different situations that can play out depending on each person's um, life. So it's hard. I mean, it's not easy. It, it's hard to stay good and kind and compassionate all the time. We all struggle with that. I mean, even even you and I all kind of struggle at the same struggle also with yeah, Okay, I mean, there are times where... Oh, well, you might get angry or you're like, what did they do that for? Or, you know, of course, that, that's normal. But overall, to try to put goodness into the world is what I try to do. And so what... Um, just want to know, like, you... Like, when did you start working with children? Oh, gosh. Um, long time ago. Probably 2000, let's see, when my son was four and he is 30 now. So, 26 years ago, maybe. So, the, <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, even now you still work with kids in a way, yeah. right? Yeah, teenagers today, yeah. So, like, was there, like, a spark or specific situation that kind of gave, made you create and start the Good Eggs Foundation? Well, like I said, I just knew I always wanted to write children's books. So after I wrote the series of three, I felt like I still wasn't done with them. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put the books into action. 
and I want to start a, a foundation and I want to help kids because the books are for kids. So the so the main venture. So the books are like the the branding, while the good eggs is more like the charity. Like the, charity. the good eggs book series is the branding, yeah, and that the the foundation is called the Good Eggs Foundation, yeah. That came off of the book series. And so, how many people are aware of your foundation in in your area? Um. Well, I've had some success with. I've been on local TV. I've been on local radio. Um, I, I don't know the number of how many people that would be, but, um, you know, I have a newsletter that goes out. Um, it's fairly widespread. I have a lot of, I've done over 35 eggings, um, which is another thing I like to use that word to put a positive spin on the word egging. Sometimes you think of that, right? That's a negative. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta egg your way out of this or something. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I like to put that you've been egged with, right, something positive. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to branch out into other cities as well. All right, cool. That's kind of what the, I think that's what the, what the world needs is more eggs. Yeah. I would love like chapters over to different cities. Okay. So if you were to do like from Detroit and say, go down up here to Columbus, Ohio, then that's where I'm at currently. You'd be like, okay, what do you have like a particular egg for Columbus? A Columbus egg? No, uh, they're all, I mean, they all have egg in their name. You've got, you've got Peggy yeah. and Edgy and Meg with two G's and uh, Gregory with two G's and then Sigourney and Benedict. So there's three boys and three girls and uh, their teacher is named Miss Poach and they just have all kinds of fun and they learn all kinds of interesting things. So the series takes you through like, here's the third book through like three years of their lives that they learn and grow. So it's really a fun, fun series for kids. I've gotten great feedback on it. Cool. And so what are the next, what are your plans for the next five to 10 years with the Good Egg Foundation? Um, the Good Eggs Foundation, I want to grow it larger, right? More awareness, um, bigger eggings, like I said, and that's gonna come through the book series, I believe, because the more books I sell, um, the more funding the foundation gets, which will then allow me to do bigger eggings. So that's what I'm going to focus my vision on. Very cool. So for some, so I think we're going to wrap up this uh, podcast and just going to ask you a uh, final question. So what advice would you give to people with big visions and really want to achieve something and sometimes, you know, deal with a lot of setbacks and whatnot and how do they recover from it? I deal with setbacks as well. And it's, you just, you kind of get down for a little bit, but don't stay there. Don't stay down for too long. <laughs> if it's really in your heart, you will know it. And if you feel you want to pursue it, pursue it. Um, don't let it, don't, don't dismiss it always pursue what's in your heart because you'll find another way. If you get a setback, that's okay. Maybe that setback taught you something and then you go in a new direction. You pivot and go in a new direction and you never know, right? You never know what's going to come to you in life. So keep pursuing. Sounds good, Sandy. Thank you so much for coming on the Next in Time podcast and looking forward to seeing how the Good Eggs Foundation can really make a massive impact in the coming years. Thanks, ST. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.